Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. All right, so we are going to continue with this series. We started last week uh, looking at the person of the Holy Spirit. That's what this series is all about. We are just examining the, the third person of the, of the uh, Trinity. We know the Father, we know the Son, but the Holy Spirit is the third person of that. It's only one God, not to be confused, but the third person of the Trinity does a specific work, and that is the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God. There's lots of, of, of ways that he's referred to in the Bible. Last week, what we did was we looked at what is it that the Holy Ghost does in us? What does he do while he abides in us? And we talked about how he counsels us, how he comforts us, and how he convicts us. And so if you didn't hear that message, you can listen to that on our podcast. It'll be there for you. Uh, But today, what we're going to do is we're going to continue looking at the person of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you, how many of you guys know somebody in your world that is, well, they just seem to have more power than any other Christian you've ever met? Do you know anybody like that? Like when they pray, you're like, man, that just shook the gates of heaven. If I was God, I would answer that prayer. You know what I'm, do you know anybody like that? Or maybe when you hear them talking to other people, man, they just pull scripture verses, scripture verse, scripture verse, scripture verse. They are solid on the word of God. And you're like, man, that's, that's, that's power right there. I don't have that in my life. Or maybe, maybe they're going through a very difficult time in their life. And even though they're going through some tough stuff that would just make you crumble into a puddle on the floor, they're standing firm. You're like, what is it about you? What do you have? It just seems like they have more power than you. Anybody know somebody like that? So do they have more power than you? The answer is, well, yeah, probably. <laughs> but what is that power? It's not that <coughs> that power is not available to you. What they've done is they've yielded themselves to the Holy Spirit. And when you yield your life to the leading, to the guiding of the Holy Spirit, you have this power God promises you. It comes by God through the Holy Spirit. And so I kind of think of it this way. I I don't know how many of you guys uh, have ever done any construction projects. I I do, I'm not a handyman, so don't call me to fix stuff for you, okay? Somebody, one one of the people that went to our church called me to fix her dishwasher and she wound up with a flooded basement. So like, don't call me to fix stuff for you, okay? I don't do too well at that stuff, but I try my hand at things around my house, all right? And, uh, and so I, I don't, ever since I was a kid, I have swung a hammer and worked with nails and put things together. Anybody ever done that before? Swing with a hammer and you, and, and look, this is not a, a, an easy thing to do. Some of you guys, you're just not even going to play with me at all. I've got like five people that are saying, yep, I've done that before. I know all of you have used a hammer and nails. Using a hammer and nails is not some kind of slouch job though, right? Because you got to get that nail up there and you got to be a brave person, right? Like you look at that stuff and you're thinking in your mind, all right. Gray stuff is the nail, pink stuff is the fingers. Gray stuff is the nail, pink stuff is, right? You don't hit the pink stuff, right? You just wanna, and there's no amount of squinting, there's no amount of anything that can prepare you for the pain of missing that nail, right? Oh, anybody ever hit their thumb before? How many of you cussed when you did it? Don't answer that, we're in church, put your hands down. That was a trick question. Yeah, I cussed, I swore, I did. I cussed out the dog, I cussed out the hammer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like, like even when I was a kid, this movie came out called The Karate Kid. Anybody know The Karate Kid? 
Karate Kid came out. What did they do? Mr. Miyagi changed my world, man. He took that nail with Daniel's son there, and he just tapped it in. And he goes, oh, breathe it in and I'll breathe out. Poof. Just slam that thing in there. How many of you guys honestly have tried that before? Yeah, come on. I've tried it before. Did it work for you? Didn't work for me. I did it on styrofoam. Works perfect. Goes right in every time. Poof. No resistance. But it made that job a little bit easier, didn't it? In your mind, like to just to, to slam that really hard. But it doesn't work for most of us. And so we're stuck with the hammer and nails. Put them up, each board, hammer and nail. All my life, it's been that way. Until my brother showed up. He showed up with something that looked like it came right out of a comic book, like X-Men would use it or something. It was this triangular yellow thing that made a loud kind of high-pitched noise and then a boom, scared the crap out of me. It's called a nail gun, and if you've never seen one before, they're intimidating, okay? Because this thing is going to fire a nail that will go right into wood and secure that piece faster than you can blink. Anybody ever worked or seen a nail gun before? Okay, all right. I had never seen one before, and this is one of those ones with the, the CO2 cartridge on it, so it's not like even connected to an air compressor thing. Like, he's just walking free, boom, 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 shooting these things, right? And we're working, working on my basement, putting stuff up, and this is the first time I've ever seen it. Boom, 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 he's got a board up, and I'm still sitting over there with the first nail, and I'm like, what in the world? It was just so much easier, right? He's working with this tool. Boom, 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 boom. Now, he's a jerk and a bigger prankster than I am because as soon as the nails ran out, he came up behind me and went boom on my back of my leg. It was just air, but it scared me. So you know what I did to get him back? I peed my pants. And so, and I may have cussed a little. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But he got me good. My, my point is, is that when we have the right tools, when we have the right power available to us, the job becomes infinitely easier, doesn't it? So much easier. Working with a hammer and nails will never be the same again. You go, hey, you got one of those nail guns? Man, let's do this job quick. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. And I think there's too many Christians in this world today that have got their work gloves on, got their hammer and got their nails, and they're just working away. They're working away in their own strength. They're trying their best to walk this life, trying to to striving to be good, battling against their flesh, but they don't get very far. Why? Because they're, they're operating in their own strength. They're doing the job. They're living this life without the power that is available to them. There is a greater power available, and that comes from relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so Christians have access to this spirit, to the Holy Spirit. It's the same spirit that when you think about it, when you, when you look in the scriptures, it's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That power is available to us Christians. And so that power allows you and I to live a supernatural life in a very natural world. And yet many live without that power. So today what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about the power that will be at work within you. But let me jump into Acts 1 to kind of set the stage for you. We're in Acts 1, and here's the context. Here's what's happening around this story. Jesus has already died on the cross and been raised from the grave, and he's hanging out with his disciples, his followers, okay, his, his students. And he's hanging out with them, and he's talking to them, okay? And this is in Acts chapter 1, and it says, on one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. This is what we talked about last week. Jesus was saying, hey, listen, I got to go. Because if I don't go, then I won't send the comforter, the counselor, the Holy Spirit. 
He's like, so I got to leave this earth. I got to ascend into heaven because as soon as I go, the Holy Spirit will come. So just hang out. Don't go anywhere. Hang out right here, and I'll send you this, this gift that, that the Father promised. It continues on. It says, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What does this word baptized mean? Well, it means fully immersed. It means filled and covered, completely overwhelmed is what it means. And so he's talking about, like when we baptize people, we don't sprinkle people because the, bat, the word baptize means full immersion. So we, we put you in the tank and we take you under. Now, if you've been a particularly, um, well, a bigger sinner than the rest of us, we hold you under a little longer <laughs> until you repent. No, I'm, I'm totally kidding. Some of you are like, they really do that here, don't they? No, <laughs> no, we don't. But we dunk you underneath the water because it's full immersion. It is completely overwhelmed by, and that's what this word means. He says, you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he continues on, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses <coughs> in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus says, you'll receive power. And this word power in the Greek is the Greek word dunamis. Dunamis. Some of you may recognize it because it is the root word of our word for dynamite, right? Dunamis, dynamite. Dynamite is explosive. And so as you can imagine, the definition of dunamis is it's a force, a miraculous power, the explosive power of God. And so he's saying, hey, you're getting ready to get baptized in the power of God, this explosive power. Get ready for it. You're getting ready to have that Put on you. Power for what? Well, he says it in the next few verses. To take my message into all of the world. Why is that such a big deal? Well, you got to remember who he's talking to. Who's Jesus talking to in this verse? He's talking to his disciples, his followers. And if you've read the story, you kind of know that these guys are not the sharpest tools in the shed. These guys are not the smartest. They're not the, the wisest. They're not the wealthiest. They're not the greatest anything. They're just average guys. In fact, we find when Jesus gets taken in the Garden of Gethsemane to be tried and eventually crucified, all of his followers abandon him. All of them except John and Peter follow close by, but even in Peter's following, he denies him. I don't even know the guy. During Jesus' time with him, we never see a place where Jesus looked at his disciples and said, man, you know what, guys? It's so great hanging out with you. Your faith impresses me so much. Never to his disciples, to other people, but not to his disciples. Even though they saw all they saw, they still doubted who he was. They doubted that he was going to be crucified and raised from the dead. That's why after Jesus dies, they're not hanging out, expecting him, watching for him to come. They're hiding in a room behind a locked door. They didn't believe. These are not the great men of faith that we know. There was nothing exceptional about them. In fact, even after Jesus raised from the dead, the women came to him and said, hey, the stone's been moved. We saw Jesus. He's alive. And they didn't believe him. Even when Jesus shows up in the room, one of them looks at him and goes, I won't believe it. Not until I put my fingers in the holes. How ignorant is that? These were not the, the greatest guys. And Jesus is telling these guys, I'm going to give you power <coughs> so that you can take my message into the rest of the world. That's the big deal because he was talking to ordinary, average people like me and like you. He says, this power that's gonna come upon you will come upon you to take the message into the whole world. And look at what's happening today. 
Here I am, 2,000 years later, standing here, preaching the gospel of Jesus. Because why? Because they were given power to preach that message, and they did. And it's continued since. That power didn't stop. That power wasn't just for them. That power is for today and for us. Unfortunately, there's too many people that are living a very limited life when they could be surrendering to the Holy Spirit and basking in that unlimited power that he offers. Next week, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, what he gives us as gifts to operate in. But this week, I want to talk about four distinct qualities that the power of the Holy Spirit wants to give all of you. The first thing is the Holy Spirit wants to give you the power to share Christ boldly. If you're taking notes, he wants to give you the power to share Christ boldly, okay? 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5 says, my message and my preaching, this is Paul, he says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. In other words, Paul wasn't a great communicator. He wasn't eloquent. He didn't have the best words to say. Oh, he could write a letter, but you know what? If I sat down, I could write really well too, right? Because I write something stupid, and then I use an eraser, and I erase it. You know what I'm saying? And then I can write something smart. I can have my mom proofread all my papers, which, does anybody else do that, or is it just me? It's just me. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's just my sister. She goes, yeah, I do that too. That's mom. Yeah, I have mom do that. <clears throat> you can have somebody else look at something you're going to write, but when you stand and communicate in front of people, what you say is what you're going to say. You don't have time to ask for advice. Paul said, my preaching wasn't, wasn't so impressive that you could look at me and say, that's what caused me to believe. How you talked to me, the stories that you told, that's what impressed me, that's what led me to Christ. He said, no, it wasn't my words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Look, the Holy Spirit gives you the power to use your words, however they're gonna come out, to lead people to Christ. He gives you the power. Some of you push back on that. You say, I don't know how to talk to people about, about Jesus. I don't know, anybody like that? Like, I'm scared to share my faith. I get nervous when it comes to telling somebody about Jesus. Anybody else like that? I'm with you. I, I understand, I've, I've been there. I've been there. In fact, when it, before I, was, I felt the call to plant a church, before I knew that's what I was going to do, I was asked to preach at a youth ministry. Come and do some magic and then, and then preach a message. And I was like, oh. Well, the magic part I can do, because see, I've been doing magic and sleight of hand. I've been a, I've been a communicator and a, and a speaker since I was about 16 years old. I like this thing called magic, these card tricks and things. And I had to learn how to communicate to people. I learned, had to learn comedic timing, how to talk to people and stand in front of them. I learned all this stuff through that through the art of magic, right? But when it came to talking to people about Jesus, well, well, I could talk to them about it, but then to introduce them, I wasn't sure I knew how to do that. And so Gary Fowler, my, one of my mentors and one of my pastors at the time, I, I called him, I said, well, okay, you want me to do this, but I'm not even sure I know how to do what we called land the plane. Like I can get the plane in the air, I can fly it around, but I don't know how to land this sucker. And that's the important thing, right? Because I don't wanna preach without a purpose. I don't want to stand up there and share a story from the Bible without giving them an opportunity to respond to it. I don't know how to do that. And so he and I talked a little bit about it. He said, ultimately, he said, you've got to trust the Holy Spirit. You've got to trust that the words that you're going to say, and he'll give you the words to say multiple times through the Bible, you'll see where Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, no, you don't even worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will give you the words right then and there. So I went home and I prayed, Holy Spirit, you've got to help me. I don't know how to land this thing. I don't know what to do. And I got up that night when I preached, and I landed the plane. I gave what we call at the end of the message what's called an invitation, 
for people to follow Christ, and people responded. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it, and to this day, I'll prep, like I'll think I know what I'm gonna say whenever I give an invitation for people to follow Jesus, but oftentimes everything that I've prepared goes right out the window, and what I haven't prepared is more powerful. God gives us the power, the power to tell people about Jesus. Some of you are gonna have opportunities this week. You're gonna be talking to somebody and you're gonna hear about the situation that they're going through and God's gonna like send a Holy Spirit missile into your brain, pow, and you're just gonna say something. It might be uncomfortable. You're gonna say something to him if you'll listen to him and you'll give him a verse and you'll tell him this is in the Bible and then you'll go home and you'll Google it and check and make sure that it's actually in there. <laughs> and you'll find it. Like, wow, he gave me the words to say. Some of you, you'll go to pray for somebody and you're really uncomfortable with that. You'll hear that they're going through something and you're like, oh man, I, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe God can answer prayer. I guess, I guess I need to pray for these people, but I don't know how to pray. And so you start off your prayer. Dear six pound, eight ounce baby Jesus. Look, don't pray that way, okay? You don't have to do the Ricky Bobby kind of prayer, right? You don't need to know the words. It doesn't have to sound eloquent. The way that you pray will be perfect. However you talk to God will be perfect. The Holy Spirit in that moment will give you the words, but not just the words, the power to know how to pray. He'll give you that power to share Jesus. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will come upon you when you choose to trust him. So the first thing the Holy Spirit gives you the power to do is to tell people about Christ and do it boldly. The second thing he does is when you are, he gives you power when you are weak. Some of you are really gonna love this one. Power when you are weak. This is the one that ministers to me often. Romans 8, 26 says, in the same way, this is Paul, the apostle Paul speaking again, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. It's the Holy Spirit. He helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. In other words, he prays for us. The Holy Spirit prays for us. When you and I are weak, he is praying for us. He is interceding, praying for us on our behalf with groans that words cannot express. He is praying for us so that in those moments when we are weak, he can demonstrate his power and he can be strong in our lives. I don't know uh, why you people choose to do this, but there are many of you out here who enjoy uh, this form of torture called working out. Uh, and uh, I do it. I go three days a week, and then I walk with my buddy in the park. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing something four days a week, but I do not enjoy working out. Some of y'all just love it. You can't wait. You got your yoga pants on, guy or girl, doesn't matter. Y'all in yoga pants, and you're up in the gym working on your fitness, and that's cool, that's fine, but that's, I don't enjoy that, okay? I go, but I don't like it. I don't know what it is wrong with you guys, but you do. I work out with Greg, and, uh, and Greg, Greg is, is my buddy, and he, uh, he trains me in the morning, and that guy, he just pushes me. He just pushes me beyond what I ever think that I can do, right? I'll be, I'll be ready to give up, and, and I'm on 10, and we go to 12, and he goes, all right, two more, Aaron, so one, one, he starts the number over. So like the lower number is supposed to make you feel better about the fact that you know you're on number 11 and your arms are just wobbling, you know what I'm saying? Nobody knows what I'm talking about. This is just, I'm serious, I hate this stuff. And I'll get to wobbling and sometimes, man, I can't push anymore, right? And I'm in the gym and I just wanna scream out. I think, I'm convinced that his number one job is to try to make me cuss in the gym. I think that's what he's waiting on. He pushes me that hard, and I'm just sitting there, I'm pushing, I'm like, oh my, Greg, this is ridiculous, you know? <clears throat> just call out his name. 
There's times, man, my arms get to wobbling and I can't move anymore. I'm pushing that bar and I've got somebody, he's right behind me and here's what he does. When, I'm, when my arms are going, I got two more to go, I got three more to go, whatever it is, he comes up behind me and he, just, and he lifts my arms for me. And that last one that I couldn't push through, my arms are just trembling, right? I get up there and then he lets go and then my arms come down just as quick as they went up. And then I'll go again and then he pushes my, he puts his hands on my elbows and he lifts me up. He's the one doing all the work, I'm not doing it. He's the one lifting me. Look, this is what the Holy Spirit does for us. When we are weak, when there is something in front of us that we need to accomplish, the moment that we can't do it, he is right there lifting our arms. Lifting you up and pushing you through so that you can make it through the next one because when you are weak, he is strong. I remember a few years ago when we planted this church, 2013, I was, I started to talk to our worship director, Kelly, and uh, she said, you know, we, we really need some more guitarists there. We need some more people to play guitar. I said, okay. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, Kelly. I took lessons a few years ago. It's 2010. (laughs) And I'd never played before then. And I hadn't been playing up until then. The guitars I had had been sitting in cases around my house. And I took lessons for nine months or so. Like, you know, I I couldn't play a song completely. I knew a few chords, but I, I couldn't play a song completely. And... She, when she asked me to help her find some more guitar players, something sprung up in my heart. And I said, man, I really wish I could play the guitar. I really wish I could be that one because I love music. And I really did want to play for a while. But something rose up in my heart. Call it faith, call it whatever. But it was a passion that hadn't been there before. And I said, God, will you help me? Will you help me learn how to play the guitar well so that I can play for the band? So I went home. And I learned my first worship song, it's How He Loves. And I started playing that song and I'd never been able to play it before. I'd never been able to have the rhythm that I had before. I had never had been able to work through a song in that way before. Some of you who know the song know that it's just four chords and so it's not an impressive thing. But to me, playing a song, keeping rhythm and in time, I'd never been able to do that before, before that time when I prayed. So I, I called Kelly. I said, hey, I think I'd like to audition. And so I tried out on that song. She said, great, let's, let's teach you a couple more. So I started playing them. And for a while there, she could only pick the songs that only had the same four chords in it that I knew. <laughs> but there was something that happened after I prayed for the Holy Spirit to help me. There was something supernaturally in me that was not there before because I went from playing very broken to playing fluidly in a short amount of time. Now, don't get me wrong. I didn't just pick up a guitar and know how to play it. I practiced, but I was catching on quicker than I'd ever caught on before, and I hadn't touched a guitar in a long time. I believe God gave me a gift, a gift to play, and today I'm up here, and I'm rocking with the band and having a great time, and I'm just honored that they let me play with them because I'm not near as good as any of them, but I love being up here and doing it. God gave me a gift. He gave me a gift. Those of you who say, well, what is how does that look in my life, Aaron? Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're a parent and you've got a difficult child or maybe, maybe it's, they're not even difficult. You've just got lots of them or even just one and you don't know how to be a parent. You don't know what you ought to do. You don't know how you ought to raise them. You don't know how to talk to them. You don't know how to help them through the difficulty that they're facing. Pray, ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. The Bible says God will give you wisdom. So others of you, you're at work and maybe you've got a presentation that you need to give and you're nervous about it. 
You don't know how to stand up in front of people and talk. Pray, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He'll give you the boldness that you need to make the sale, close the deal, do whatever it is that you need to do. When you are weak, then he is strong. Or maybe, maybe you're facing something really, really difficult. Maybe it's a sin that you can't overcome. When's the last time you asked the Holy Spirit to help you to overcome? Because see, he'll help you battle with that. I was in a conversation a couple weeks ago with a, with a lady, and I, and I was telling her, I said, man, I'm just, just exhausted. I have struggles in my life. I'm not perfect just because I'm standing up here in this space. I'm not perfect. And I remember sharing with her and telling her, you know, I'm just, I just get tired from the struggle sometimes. And she said, when's the last time you asked God to help you with that struggle? I started praying. I left that place in tears. I said, Lord, would you help me? Would you help me with this struggle? I know I've got these guardrails in place. I'm not living a sinful life, but it gets hard sometimes to just avoid doing the bad things. You need his power when you're weak to take over that battle for you. We don't like weakness, though. It's that pride inside. It's that arrogance. It's the first sin ever in the Bible to be recorded. It's just pride. Caused the fall in the Garden of Eden. We don't like to admit that we're weak, and the Apostle Paul didn't like the weakness either. In fact, he had something that, this thorn in his flesh that he says, I prayed about three times, and we're talking about seasons of prayer, not like he bowed his head and asked God to be removed three times. We're talking like seasons of prayer and fasting. He's like, Lord, you gotta take this from me. I don't like it. Paul didn't like that weakness, and God's response is beautiful. It's beautiful, and I hope that it ministers to you today. God said back to Paul, he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul's response, he says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's the same power of the Holy Spirit. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's the Holy Spirit who gives you the power to share Christ boldly. He gives you the power to strengthen you when you are weak. But wait, there's more. It also gives you the power to have hope in a hopeless world. In Romans 15, 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. All of us are given a certain measure of hope. Let's... Uh, Let's call it this amount of water right here. We're all given a certain amount of hope in our lives. But when we face difficult things, we face difficult relationships, when we face some hard stuff, we place our hope in people. We hope they won't hurt us. We place our hope in things, and we place our hope that in, in the circumstances that they'll change. And when we place our hope in other things, we often find that because those things are limited, that our hope is gone. And we wind up in this state of being hopeless. You know people like that, and maybe if it's you yourself. You've placed your hope in things that are limited in this world, in people, things, circumstances. And when they don't go your way or when you get hurt, you wind up just feeling hopeless. But there's good news. See, that same hope, 
when you take that hope and you place it in God, the unlimited God, the God with unlimited power, where your hope is not wasted. Because see, when you have lost your job, you placed your hope in God, and you've discovered that he is your provider. So you didn't know how all that was gonna work out. You didn't know how losing your job was gonna be a good thing, but next thing you know, that whole thing is turned around and God has provided for you. And your hope, that little bit of hope you had, well, you get a little more because you placed your hope in God. It causes your hope to grow. Maybe you're sick and you place your hope in God, not in doctors, not in medicine, but surely you trust that God is leading and guiding them that the proper medicine is there for you and you come out the other side of that and you find that God is your healer. You place your hope in him. Well, that little bit of hope you had, you, you, get, you get a little more. Or maybe you're worried and anxious and you place your hope in God because the situation's not going the way you think it ought to go. But you're gonna place your hope in him that the Bible's true when it says that all things work to the good of those who serve him. That even the mess that you're in, you're not gonna hope in the circumstances, you're not gonna hope in a person to turn things around, you're not gonna hope in money, you're not gonna hope in a relationship, you're gonna place your hope in him. Well, when you do that, you find that he is your comforter and you have this peace as you go through it that you can't even understand and you can't even explain to anybody and then you wind up with a little more hope. You wind up with a little more hope and then maybe you experience loss. You lose somebody that's important to you. Then you go through that experience. It's tragic. It's painful. But you place your hope in God and you realize, you know what? I may never see them again on this earth. But because they were a Christ follower and so am I, I have this thing called the blessed hope. That I will see them again when I get to heaven. And what happens? We're filled with more hope. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will cause us to overflow with hope. My worship director is losing her mind right now. <laughs> it's just water. It's okay. Look, she's out there just like, oh God. What is she gonna do? Oh. filled with hope. He says, may the God of hope, he is the one who created it. He is the source. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are hopeless today, I pray that this verse speaks to you because you can have hope again. What little bit you've got left in your cup, give it to him. Place that hope in him. The fourth thing that God wants to do, the Holy Spirit wants to give you power to experience all the fullness of God all the fullness of God. Look, I am convinced that Christianity as it looks like today, we've reduced it down to the lowest common denominator. We've reduced it down to a checklist of things that it looks like, that it takes to look like a Christian. We've got the, okay, did you raise your hand and say yes? Yes, I did that. Did you pray the prayer? Yes, I prayed the prayer, check. Did you come to church on Sunday? Well, I made it, I made it three out of the four Sundays this month. The great, check, gone to church. Did you give something in the offering? Yep. I put something in there, check. Did you join a grow group? Yep, I went to a grow group once. Yep, check. I'm doing everything that makes me look like a Christian. What does it look like at Simple Church, Aaron, to be a Christian? Well, we connect, grow, and serve. Great, I'm gonna do that. But we do all this stuff, and we look like what Paul said we would look like. 
He said, there's coming a time when there will be a people who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. The power of the Holy Spirit that will be and should be at work in all of our lives as believers. There's coming a time and the Holy Spirit wants to give you the power to experience the fullness of God because there is much more to it than just avoiding doing the bad things in life. There is much more to it. We as Christians shouldn't look like everybody else even though we go to church. And I don't mean dress. I mean the way we live our lives because I would say that most of the Christians you know have no victory. They have no faith. They're struggling with sin. There is no power in their life. But God has so much more for you. My prayer for you today is the same prayer that Paul prayed over the church at Ephesus. In fact, I pray this over my people all the time. You, you're my people. I pray this for you often. It's Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being hmm. so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have that power, there it is again, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and deep high and deep is the love of Christ. In other words, to understand it, the fullness of it, to understand how much he loves you, and to know this love that surpasses all knowledge. In other words, no matter how much you think you know how much he loves you, you don't know the beginning of it. It surpasses you and I's knowledge, but I'm praying that you can get as much as you can get. You with me? You tracking with me through this verse? This is like a long statement, right? There's lots of commas in here. It is like the longest sentence ever. It's all one breath. He says, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So that you can understand everything God has for you because there's more than just saying yes. There is more to it. What, what more is there? Well, let me tell you. There's the reality of the constant presence of God in your life because he is with you always. There's that peace that passes all understanding. In other words, you're gonna go through some kind of mess that somebody's gonna look at you and say, how in the world are you okay with this? And you say, I just put my hope in God. I trust that everything's gonna be okay. Even though I don't understand it, even though I wouldn't have chosen this, I just trust him. I just trust. It's a peace that passes all understanding. That is available for you. You can manifest the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Will you manifest? What does that mean? It means you can demonstrate the, the fruits of the Spirit. What are those? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Who wants some of that? Pick me. I do. That's available to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can live a life that is led by the Spirit, where you walk by faith and not by sight. You can have joy unspeakable. It means you're so full of joy you can't even begin to explain it. You can be rooted and established in this very secure love of Christ. And you can live a supernatural life in this very natural world. What do you have to do? You have to yield your life to the power of the Holy Spirit. You have to call on him to fill you, to comfort you, to counsel you, to guide you, to convict you. And as, he does, as you do so, he will empower you to live a life that you are incapable of living on your own. And that is a life of bringing glory and honor to God. Let's pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed. First, let me speak to those who are believers today. You'd say, Aaron, I'm a believer, but, but I'm living without this power. 
I'm doing it all on my own strength. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life to share God's message, to strengthen me in the middle of my weaknesses. In my hopelessness, I need more hope. I want all that God has for me today. If that's you and you're in this room and you say, Aaron, that's me, pray for me. Come on, shoot your hand up now. Say, that's me, that's me. Yeah, yeah, hands all over the place. It's awesome. Lord, I pray, God, that you would give them the fullness of all that you have for us through your Holy Spirit, Lord. Let your power be at work in us today. That dynamic power, God, that power that we need to live this life before you, Lord, that would honor you and glorify you. Oh, God, give us hope. Help us share your, your, the gospel and give us strength in all of our weaknesses, Lord. We need you. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Leave not a single one of us without you today. Give us all that you have. Now, those of you who are here today that you were still praying, you say, Aaron, I'm, I'm not a Christ follower. I wouldn't identify as a Christian. And maybe you had in the past, but today you would say, I'm not living a life where I am following Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian. I'm doing things his way. I'm seeking and pursuing his way of doing things. If that's not you today, I'm talking to you right now. Sarah and I, 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 I'm, I'm living my life. And maybe you've made a mess of things. Maybe you've got lots of regrets. Maybe you carry a lot of shame. I, I'm not really sure where you're at on your spiritual journey. I'm not sure where you're at, but maybe you would say, Aaron, today what you're talking about sounds attractive to me. It sounds good to me. I, I, I want that. I want that. You should. It's the best thing ever. You really should want that in your life. I've been where you are, though. I've been where you are. Maybe you're intimidated. Maybe you're afraid of change. Maybe you've tried it in the past and you haven't been successful. But let me tell you something. I believe that when we try to change on our own, we're doing it in our own strength. The Bible says the Holy Spirit that does it to us transforms us. He's the one that does the work. He's the one that cleans you up. You don't need to clean yourself up to come to Jesus. He does that for you. Ha. Huh. I believe some of you will be set free today. Because you're right, you can't do it on your own. You need him. You need him to do it. Today, you say, Aaron, I, I, I need that power. I'm ready to begin a relationship with Christ that allows his Holy Spirit to fill me, to give me the power to live a God-honoring life. I want to be set free from my mistakes and my past and forgiven. I want to be made new, brand new, transformed is how the Bible describes it. If that's you and you're here today, you say, Aaron, I want that. Would you just shoot your hand up and say, that's me. Today, that's me. I want to be transformed. I want to be made new. I want to accept Jesus as Lord. Just shoot your hand up now. If you're watching by Periscope and that's you, you'd say, hey, that's me, I wanna do that. I need that, and maybe you're sitting in your chair just shouting out, pick me, that's me. Look, I hear you, God hears you. You pray with us right where you're at. If you're listening by the podcast, it doesn't matter if you're driving down the road, or walking on a, on a treadmill, or sitting at home in your easy chair. Pray with us now. And I believe the power of the Holy Spirit will change you in a moment. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you came to this earth. You lived a perfect and sinless life and you died on the cross and you did all of that for me. When you rose from the dead, you gave me the opportunity to be forgiven. Forgive me, Jesus. 
Let your Holy Spirit make me brand new. Transform me. Show me how to live for you. And I'll spend every day doing that. Be Lord of my life. I need you, Jesus. Amen.